Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find opinion articles, podcasts, including ours truly, and also modalidades, if you will. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Uh, where you can get merch, you can sign to get exclusive content and share your Benfiquism. Ser Benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another. Did I blow out your ears? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Figa podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. As always, episode number 428 is what we're up to. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Como é que é, Cristiano? For this. I was a little too close to the mic, and we're also, we're also, uh, With a, with a new piece of equipment here in the studio, so we're still still trying to learn this. But, Shannon, how are you? Bro, I come out here dead with no en energy, telling our good buddy Dave, you're going to talk. And then you hear that intro, and it's like, I'm ready to go, bro. I'm ready to rip off my clothes. I'm ready to go out there and beat somebody's ass. Man, that that is, that's some good stuff, Alfredo. That's some good stuff. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Benfica Podcast. Dave, what's happening? What's What's going down in the great white north, Dave? Nothing much. Uh, cases on the rise, shut down, a lockdown on the uh, on the horizon here. But still yeah. back here tonight. You got a new, uh, got a new piece of equipment, but you don't have the producer Bruno uh, in studio there. Come on, the guy knows uh, everything and about anything about uh, the new piece of equipment there. Well, maybe that's why it's working fine because he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, here we are. Um, episode number 428, as I mentioned, on tap tonight. Uh, we'll look back at the Kiev and Famalicão games. Uh, we'll look ahead to Benfica's last game of the group stages of the League Cup. And Benfica has another game this weekend against Maritim for the Liga B win. So a, a full, the full packed uh, December goes on, as we, uh, as we mentioned. But here we are. Hope everyone is well. Uh, welcome all the Freddies, Diogo, Carlos Amaro. Diogo was first in. Carlos Amaro was always Freddy. good. Good having you guys as always. And uh, let's let's get this going. We'll start with um, with the Kiev game. Uh, Benfica needed a win against Dinamo Kiev, and uh, they also needed uh, Bayern to uh, to beat Barca. Mexico jogo. O jogo qual do Bayern ou do Barça? Bayern do Barça same game. It's it's been so long over there. I forgot we even played Kiev. Yeah, I, I actually was. Um, <laughs> I was. I was actually watching it uh, before I, I came over uh, here, uh, Cristiano. I watched the second half. The first half I watched last night, and if the first half um, made me sleepy uh, last night, the second half I, I just wanted to throw my my laptop out out the window. But um, I'll give you the eleven, and then we'll get we'll get started. Vlakodimus, Almeida, Otamendi, Vertonghen, Gilberto, and Grimaldo, Weigel, and João Mario, 
Pizzi and Rafa and Yaramchuk was up front. Uh, Christian, I'm surprised that uh, that Pizzi got the start ahead of uh, Everton. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> Which one? Yes and no. Uh, I was surprised he got to start over Everton, but at the same time, based on the way Everton's played lately, I wasn't surprised. So, yes and no. Plus, Pizzi's the type of guy we know that, look, he could create. We don't have a lot of those guys on the field at the time that, that are able to create and build up play as opposed to you know playing on a counterattack. Pizzi's a guy that in years past, we all know he's got tons of goals in, the, in, his, in his feet. And um, I think J.J. was trying to uh, to strike gold. You know what I mean? PZ, look, again. To strike gold. We we were. <laughs> I've, ne- I've never heard the, the sentence of PZ and strike gold. Yeah, well, he's done. In, a, he's in, in the same exact I'm sentence. Sure, Dave. Dave Against the Monkush. That's exactly. Dave, that's what I was going to say. We anticipated this would be a good game because it wasn't, you know, it was against the Monkush of the group. But that was not to beat on that one. Uh, on that one, what was it? Wednesday? I don't even. Dude, the game's so long, I forgot. It was all Wednesday, about because Portland and Sporting played the uh, played Friday. Unfortunately, Port didn't make it. Sporting didn't make it. Friday, they played Tuesday. I'm sorry. Ain't the match perdido one. Yeah, but look, uh, here we are. A, a game that we needed to win, and and we started. Yeah, we, did. we started early. We, we started st- real early. Rafa, my man. Giving a tribute to the monkeys in the stands. I mean, how to? I mean, credit to Benfica. They, they, you know, they come out. No, pa. The- you're already confusing the games. No, I'm not. Yaramchuk got the first goal in the 16 minutes against. No, yeah. no, no. Before that. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Comes out of the run. Comes out of the gates running. I think Yaramchuk gets the ball, tries to bend it around the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper, his former club, right? I believe Davey played, right? Something like that. Yeah. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to make an announcement. Before we proceed, just understand that I am not on my A game barely ever, and especially not today. But if I recall correctly, wait, that was you watching the game, or is that while I'm talking? Um, you not being on your A game. He's just showing off. He's just showing off. You know, get um, As uh, what was I going to say? As Yarmshuk tries to bend it like Beckham around the goalkeeper, uh, goalkeeper parries it right into the mid- and uh, Right, Dave, if I'm not mistaken, and Rafa comes in. By himself, the whole net in front of him, and he, and I think he was trying to hit one of those uh, Kiev fans that were outside messing people's heads up. I think he was trying to get revenge on him. And then fast forward like uh, another couple minutes later, in the same identical play, a player goes around Vlakodimas, gets Vlakodimas. It's even worse. That one is worse uh, than uh, Rafa's. All I know is that they were paying tribute to, to Brian Ruiz. Was this Dave? Uh, you're the stats guy. Was this on the anniversary of Brian Ruiz? Is this something like Might that? Might have been at the uh, definitely this. No, it wasn't the same net because Brian Ruiz was at the. Uh, so Brian Ruiz was uh, at at, at the Alvalish. I mean Alvalade. It yeah, was yeah. at the Uh But yeah, I mean, they think it could have very well been a one 0 seconds into the game, just like they could have been down 1-0 a couple minutes into the game, and then they kind of settle things down a little bit. They get on the score sheet, and it's like, all right, great. You know, Benfica's off and flying. They get another goal, and it's like, all right, this is going to be fantastic. Cabazada. And then where's, where's the crickets? <laughs> that's that's basically what you got the rest of the game. So, guys, we're moving up. Benfica podcast, we made it. Look, <laughs> we don't even need fake-ass producer Bruno. We can, we can do this on our own. It's, we made it. <laughs> no, and look, I think that uh, that we we need to start fast, and we did start fast with uh, goals in the 16th minute, and then uh, Gilberto getting pretty much a, a gift. I don't know how is Gilberto that much offside? What worse is defensive responsibilities? He's, he's completely all. He's a good, I would say, probably 
six feet to eight feet offside. And for you, chops that, or Dave, what's what's six feet in meters, bro? You, I know you know this. Three meters. Three three meters. <laughs> he, look, he was a good right because each meter is two yards. I mean, no, so shit, no. I'm, it's got to be two uh, meters, I think, closer to two meters or. Uh... Two yeah, meters, six yes, feet six is about feet. two meters. Yes, Dave. Yeah. Because you're like, um, you're like, yes. Yeah, I'm afraid of Yeah, I think two. It's, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You uh, two point four. 182 centimeters. So this guy, Carlos, is smart, bro. We got to get this guy on the podcast. So. Carlos is a, is a doctor, if you guys didn't know that. What kind of doctor? Like a veterinarian doctor or like a people doctor? He's a gynecologist. Shut Chris right up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> is he? Or are you joking? No, uh, um, Carlos is a, is a very smart individual. From well, he's what not I, a doctor. I've been, he might be a doctor. I'll let, I'll let him tell you that. <laughs> Doctor du Juiz. Doctor du Juiz, he says. Um, no, Carlos is a, is a smart individual, so it, it, it's good that um, that he knows the conversion between meters and, and, and feet and all know. that good stuff. I don't know. Timo saying six six, Carlos saying six five. One of them is wrong. Um, I don't know if Carlos gets this wrong. He can't be too smart. I mean, the phone, the phone. I, I don't even know it. I don't even know it. So I mean, and I What's two meters and feet. Let's see who's right. 6.56. So they both got the five and the six. So they're both right. Ah, you guys, you guys cheated. You guys, they cheated. You got a bunch of cheaters. He's <laughs> looking for the but you don't even know what, what, what number to. Uh, I'm trying to go to the next set, but it wait, doesn't wait. allow you to do the next. I got you. I got Did you know? <laughs> two meters is six feet. No, what is it? It's six feet. Point five six. six. We, guys, we made it here on the Big Figure Pie. This is getting into Yeah, we, we got the we got the <laughs> We got, we got the sound effects going uh, tonight, and so we're, we're going oh, to get a little, a little creative with the sound effects. Wait until we learn how to work this. <laughs> then we're gonna, we're just going to sit here. It's going to be like the new cars that they drive themselves. We're just going to be pressing buttons, <laughs> one-liners. You ask me a question, I press the button. Answer it. That's it. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so Befica started early, got those two goals, and then uh, uh, they went to sleep. They went to sleep. Uh, uh, Kiev then started you know building up their their attack Benfica was just trying to control possession playing on a counter second half the same deal and the second half is just you know and I understand that sometimes you could control the the game with with possession and keeping uh, your opponent away from your from your box but this wasn't the case because Kiev kept on threatening and threatening and threatening and if it hadn't been for Vlakodimus uh it, it could have been it could have been close could have been close I think the most exciting part of um of the game was definitely the crowd going nuts every time Bayern Munich scored. That was that, was, that you it, that was exciting. I think they 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 cheer louder for when Munich scored than when Benfica scored. What do you think, Dave? Well, yeah, you could I didn't know what was going on in the stands, but then it would make sense after either checking your phone or the commentator came in uh coming in and uh letting people know what was going on, but uh yeah, you could definitely hear it even uh through the TV. Yeah, no, it, and then and, and at the end of the game, there was uh, white handkerchiefs and masks, <laughs> whatever was being waved. I mean, look, I, I think I think it's a little bit unfair here, and here's why, and I'll explain my reason why. I think in this game, 
style points were out the window. I think Benfica and JJ, it's hard to kind of defend this because we've seen Benfica lately hasn't played particularly well. You know, we've we've not performed up to the levels that anyone was expecting. So I, I get that frustrating part. But in this game, I think we have to throw all that out the window. This game, the objective was to win this game, hope and pray and say however many Ave Marias and Pais Nossos you're going to say in order to have Bayern, you know, get a positive result against Barcelona because that was the only way really because we were going to advance. It didn't matter how many we we scored on Kiev if if Munich at the end of the day didn't do what they were supposed to do. It would have been all for, no, uh, for nothing. But at the end of the day, look, it was good enough. Benfica got through. I think we were, you know, expected to be figured to apply a little bit more pressure in the second half. But we've seen that's just JJ, man. I've complained about this for, for for so many years now, which is Portuguese coaches. They tend to once they take the lead in these big games, they tend to take their foot off the off the pedal, and it's like, all right, let's just make sure we're batting down the, the 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 hatches, and we don't allow uh, the opposition to score as long as we get out of here with the lead. And I think it came down to that. But also at the same time, this is the one part that was a little bit concerning. I, I saw in all of us, right, all the Freddies, you know, um, listening and, and watching us. I'm pretty sure we all saw the same feed, which was there was a point there where J.J. was screaming and trying to get the team to pull up and move up the field. And the guys just kept retrieving and as if we were defending right on top of our box. And so, you know, are they have they tuned out the coach? I don't want to get into that. That's conversation for another day. But at least in this one game, I thought the objective was completed. I thought Benfica handled their business. They did what they had to do. It was not pretty, but at the end of the day, it didn't matter if it was pretty or, or not. It What mattered was the, the 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 win. And Benfica got that. I thought the fans were a little unjust towards the coach. You know, with the This is a day to, I don't want to call it celebrate, because I'm afraid, you know, I'm very, I'm a harsh critic about these people because I think today these agency is not there. These fans today, they're content with very little results. But I, but I think today, I mean, that's, I think that Wednesday uh, was a moment to just cherish, cherish the result for a couple of hours, man. You know, look, we, we haven't gone out of the group in God knows how many years. The last time we went to the Champions League, we lost to Paul, right? We didn't even qualify. The year before that, if I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, Benfica had the worst participation ever in the history of a Portuguese club in European competition. So again, it's not to be going out of the Marquez and throwing, you know, taking off your shirt and doing victory laps. But at the same time, it's a moment that we should savor and say, look, we're finally back where we think we should be. Benfica should be a club that strives for at the, at, 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 you know, I, I want to, I don't want to say the bare minimum, the bare minimum is get out of the group. Say, but I think Benfica should set a goal every single year to reach the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And then after that, anything, but I think Benfica could do the, if run the right way. And I thought the fans, they were just, you know, in the night that it was a night to turn things around and a positive night, they turned it into a sour note, in my opinion. Yeah, I I, I, I actually think that, you know, this, despite thinking that the team didn't really play particularly well in the second half, I think that um, a lot of those anchor shifts are probably the residuals from the sporting game. People are still trying to digest that one, myself included. Uh, and, and look, it's 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 easy when you could when you could justify it in this manner, right? If you think that sporting is being um, better coached than Benfica is, then you could accept that the fact that they that they beat us. Um, but still, losing to your to your rivals. Um, in the, in the manner that we did at home, uh, is never going to sit well with anyone. Uh, so I understand. I understand that the the fans were unhappy. The fans uh, needed to express their their displeasure, and and they they made it 
so. But I, I, I do uh, uh, get you, Cristiano, the fact that this was a momentous occasion, right? Benfica hasn't made it into the into the round of 16 in what? Since 2016. 16-17 against Dortmund. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's been a while. And, and look, anytime that you enter Champions League, you want to be with the upper echelon, regardless of the differences in the budgets and the difference in the talent pool, the difference in TV rights. Uh, you want to be within that upper echelon. You want to be one of the last 16 teams uh, in the tournament. So regardless of what happens after, I think that it, it's one of the, the biggest objectives right now is is that uh, or was that even though JJ says his biggest objective was really to make it to the Champions League. That's what he said in, in the presser uh, beforehand before the game. But nonetheless, Benfica is there. Um, I'm happy as every Benfica should be, regardless of whether we, we played well or not against uh, Kiev in the second half or, or, or not. Get the second half. We didn't play well after we scored a second goal. I mean, we, you know, I mean, it was just, but again, uh, I keep reiterating and saying it over and over, which I think, look, they had a goal, they had an objective, and, and they reached it. Um, and uh, they could have played better. Um, Benfica needs to show that they could dominate these teams at home or at least create a lot more opportunities as opposed to, to just defend over and over. And as you stated, Vlako Dimo stood on his head and Benfica were helped out um, in that sense. But at the end of the day, man, I think I think you, you got to throw all that out the window. The important thing was the positive result to get the W here. And I think they accomplished that. And, uh, you know, be be that pessimist or or that dirigente, be that person that demands greatness from this club at all times. But you have to pick your moments. I think in a moment like that, it was just one of those, look, let's – Let's move on. We we live to we survive to live another day, and you know we'll attack it when we need to be. Now, if Benfica played in a game in the very next game in the league game and they struggled, then we could kind of all right get back on it. But for that one night, man, yeah. I, I just think that Benfica needs to Benficaistas, I think, need to look at the bright side of things at times as opposed to just trying to show their disgust with uh, every current situation. Yeah, look, I I get both uh, both sides of the coin certainly, but uh, look. Uh, the next round doesn't happen until the end of February uh, and uh, also beginning of March was it's a two-legged affair and the, the, the drawing happened uh, yesterday the fiasco of that drawing I don't remember ever watching a drawing and that had that that type of uh, a mess up I mean we're talking about you know very high level things that are organized to the T com- professional right. companies that are hired by UEFA to to run these the shows and then all of a sudden it's like, Wait, wait a second. This this is not right. This is not right. If you think that was a mistake, bro, then I got a bridge to sell you over there in Brooklyn. <laughs> you think that the, 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 just the temperature wasn't right on the I, I, on the balls? I, I think it's something that they've gotten away with for years, and this time it just, hey, whoever they grabbed the wrong ball. I, I think that, you know, they didn't rehearse. Uh, it kind of had a Cristiano Oliveira there. They're just doing his own thing as everybody's rehearsing, and he just didn't pay attention. Because, look, they got caught doing something we all knew that they've done for years. Look, I mean, if you want to call a draw fair, right? This is a sham from the get-go, right? This whole you can't draw teams from your own country. Look, I get it in a group stage. Fine. But after that, why not? Why can't Benfica draw Sporting? If Benfica's one and Sporting or vice versa or Porto, why can't United draw City? Why? Why are you always favoring the big one? Look, you all advanced. Everybody goes into a pot. But after this round, everybody goes into a pot. But why not now? I, yeah, I agree with you. 
Wait, you're going to tell me you want to reward the teams for coming out first? I get it, but I think you're rewarding them by giving them $2.6 million per, per win. Yeah, I think that what that has to do also is the TV rights, right? So if all of a sudden Benfica plays Sporting, neither of them is probably going to get the, the same money as if they were to play another team. I yeah, think. they do. They, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Because at that point, it's about... Because the, it's the sh- the pot is shared f- for the country. Yeah, for the country. Yeah, but so they'll, they'll split the whole money. Look, but I, I, no, think, I, I think you you're going you're going down the right road there, Alfredo. I think it's more that uh, for the let's say England for example, they don't want both Manchester teams playing on the the same day, or they don't want uh, the, if there's two London teams, they don't want them playing on the same day for TV purposes. I think that's where it, it comes down to uh, in that scenario. No, that's because they try to get as many eyes possible on those games. And yeah, that too. Yes, about that, bro. If guys, guys, I love you guys. If you think for a second that UEFA does anything, any decision with the fans in mind and not related to money, come on, guys, you got another thing coming. I mean, for Christ's sake, I mean, dude, it's all about the money. I get the whole TV thing, but at the end of the day, if you look at the breakdown, I Swiss Ramble did a great breakdown. I'm I'm gonna send it to you to check it out, and he talked about the money. How we share TV money throughout other teams and th- that have, have advanced to this point in the competition, and you get like a uh, Lille got thirty million because yeah, there's only two teams that. sharing that money is PSG and Lille, and you get like Villarreal twenty seven million. I believe you go look at the money received by the Portuguese clubs combined They're on that bottom Porto, bottom. Porto Benfica and Sporting combined one point eight million bucks. I mean, if that doesn't show you the disparity and the favoritism towards the big boys, I don't know what it is. They're making sure that, look, we're giving you crumbs. We're going to keep you coming back for more. But at the end of the day, we're taking care of our big boys in the back. They're feeding them turkeys. They're fattening them up for for, for Thanksgiving. Yeah, the pigeons are coming out and getting the crumbs. That's what they're doing. Yeah, and and UEFA can make it an argument that uh, uh, a game between Real Madrid and PSG is going to draw more more of a TV audience, right? So if they draw a TV yeah, audience, the they time, got the ad see, sales. But I think they. But I think if you if they had the choice, those two teams would not be facing each other because they want those two teams to go deeper. They want the big boys to be the deeper they go, the more eyes, you know, expectations, you know. And then obviously a a, a PSG Real Madrid matchup in the semifinal is a lot more pressure packed than a Real Madrid. I mean, look, there's going to be pressure, but in a round of sixteen, it's totally different. Totally different animal. But um, look, that's UEFA. Uh, I, I tell you, I for one, which which I don't understand what it was. A lot of Benficistas were, were, were actually upset that in the second draw wound up with Ajax. Like, come on, dude. Ladies and gentlemen. So, 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 ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, so let me recap Let me recap everything that, that Before happened. Before you do, just want to say what's up to Diogo, Nelson, my boy Melo from Benfica after 90, Michael from Canting Benficista. All you Freddies, thank gang you is very here. much. Everybody's here, man. Keep the questions coming. Um, and when I feel like answering my last one, yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> so, uh, so what happened was, uh, Benfica was actually the first team to be drawn, um, out of, out of, in his first drawing, right? Like our friend Neil would say, the biggest team in Europe comes out first. That's it. They picked <laughs> out the right team. The, the, and the second team was, uh, Real Madrid. So at that point, it's like, okay, well, Real Madrid, we got Real Madrid. Uh, it is what it is. JJ apparently, had spoken to Rui Costa and, and Domingos Suarez Oliveira and Pedro Braz and told them, I want Real Madrid because I think we can beat him. 
better, better. This, this, I think this one fits it better. Nobody believed it. No. Yeah, nobody believed that for a second. So, uh, so yeah. So, and then after that, as it turns out, um, Villarreal and Manchester United were paired up. Which they were in the same group. They were in the same group. So right away, that variant or that variable really wasn't supposed to happen. So that's when when things started getting a little a little crazy. Uh, UEFA shut it down. <laughs> we're gonna take a recess. We'll be back at uh, in a few hours. Came back. Madrid um, was not happy. Drew again. And, and and you know you know what the funny thing is is that Sporting drew Juventus. Yes. Which is a team that right now is probably going through the same issues as Barcelona. Well, not not to that extent. But, but stop. It's certainly a team that that it lacks the consistency that they had in years past. Um, so Sporting was happy. Benfica wasn't happy. Uh, scratched the first draw. Uh, came back. Benfica now drew Ajax, which is a, a more accessible team, 100%. if you could say, uh, than Real Madrid, obviously. And Sporting. Draws Manchester City. Yeah, oh, well, I don't care about sport. This is a Benfica podcast. I care less. I'm just saying that the, the irony of the whole the thing. irony was that Manchester that, that Atletico Madrid complained about the whole thing. They're the first ones that that that, that put in the, the complaint, and then they wound up drawing Manchester United. Ronaldo, Manito de Dios, he's gonna go back over there. So we'll see what. But I don't care about that. We're talking about Benfica. For those of you that wanted to see Benfica play Real Madrid, get off the pipe. All right. A little piece of advice between me and you. Get off the pipe. I understand that Ajax is the Cinderella story. Everybody's all content with Ajax. Oh, my God. They've done a tremendous job, and they have, and credit to them. You know, a team with, you know, I think Bifiga's budget might be bigger. But I think if you were to ask me, Chris, when you think of Benfica, give me another team that that's, that compares well with Benfica. Describe another. And the team I would pick is Ajax. They have actually one more Champions League than we do. But they both have, you know, that 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 mythical presence. The Johan Cruyff, Josebu. They had the great, you know, successes in the 60s and 70s. And then actually won one in the 90s. But whatever. The story is that those teams are very comparable. Benfica should uh, maybe try to be a little bit more like them because they, they invest a lot more in their youth. But again, they have a smaller budget. Their country's smaller. Yada, yada, yada. But they're the two biggest team, most successful teams in the country. So I think that's a perfect matchup. Now, going back to Real Madrid, for those of you that are, are, are telling me that, that Ajax is this and that and then whatever, yada, yada. Close your eyes for a second. We're going to do a little meditation here. All right. Close your eyes now. Dave, close your eyes. Envision for a second. Tony Cruz. Luka Modric, Cosmito, running havoc on our midfield. Could you imagine, oh, Mario, my boy Adel Trapp, he's the only savior, the only one that can actually dribble around those guys. Come on, it'd be an absolute walk in the park. For, and I'm not even going to mention freaking Benzema. You want me to bring, what's his name, Vinicius? Vinicius on the left side, coming in one-on-one against Andre Almeida. I mean, that would be a horror show. I mean, just come on, I look. Real Madrid is still Real Madrid. We understand they're not the same bad boys that they were from a couple years ago, but they still have exceptional players. And Ajax is a team that is, you know, developing those exceptional players to get to Real Madrid. Think about that for a sec. So, look, I'm happy with the I'm happy with the job. Yeah, me too. I mean, Dave, given the choice. What are your thoughts, man, on this draw? I, man? I'm, worse, not right? ha- I'm not happy with both. Draws. I'll put it that way. I I was uh, Ajax was one of the teams that I was hoping Benfica were to uh, avoid. If I had a choice, it would have been between United, Lille, 
and uh, Juventus there, but uh, Ajax was one of the teams I was hoping we would avoid. Just uh, as the Freddies are are coming through here in the in the chat, they're an organized uh, team, another young team. I think we we could possibly match up well, like Chris says that their Benfica and Ajax have a lot of similarities. But uh, the way they've uh, been rolling here in the tournament uh, was one of the teams I was hoping Benfica would uh, avoid here. Bro, they're a nice team, Dave. But come on. Benzema. Ay, Jesus. Yeah, I hey, just... like I said, I didn't want to I didn't want to face Real Madrid either. They were they were one of the teams I wanted to avoid. I told you the three teams I was hoping uh we'd get, but even with the second draw, we weren't lucky it, uh, enough there. For a game against Benfica, the big bad boys Benfica, Real Madrid might have even been able to get Gareth Bell off the golf course to come play. <laughs> Think about that. Maybe no, uh Hazard would have been healthy too. You would have lost like a good 20 pounds in that week leading up to, well, you got enough time between now and February. But yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's a draw that I think at the end of the day, uh, Ajax is more accessible. They're, they're, they're fine. They're, they might be a better team than are. They're organized, yada, yada, yada. But we got the, we got the one guy that could really unbalance that. And that's, that's Jota Jota. The only guy in the whole Benfica hierarchy that wanted Barcelona, that knew, come on, this guy's a genius. You won a Barca. You won a Real Madrid. No, no, but in a group, he said he knew he was gonna pass when the draw came. nobody believed. He said, pasar, calma." He said, "Wait, wait, this is what he said, guys. I might help. I don't know how to work this no more." No, that doesn't I, work no I more. I don't know how to work it either. So fully. <laughs> no, so uh, look, um, it was uh, it was something that was uh, that was tricky. Um, I don't think you could change that, Chris. I don't think you could go to the next. What bank. are we stuck with? Just the crickets oh, and yeah, uh... we're stuck with the crickets and the buzzer. Oh, but uh, we had we had a couple other things going on here, but uh, we have to get more creative on that uh, on that sound pad. I guess Bruno is needed after all. Yeah, he's needed. Um, he, he could have. Uh, they could have sent Bruno to do the uh, Champions League draw too. They blamed it on software uh, issues. I'm sure Bruno could have had his hand. Uh, <laughs> Bruno could have had. Look, either way, it's it's the end of February. A lot of things can happen until from now until the end of February. We might we might have a new coach by then. Uh, who knows? I mean, the one good thing. Well, no, I guess not. Never mind. Never mind. He'll still be. I was going to say Vries, but he had knee surgery. I forgot. Like I said, I wasn't. I'm not, I'm never on my game, especially today. I thought he'd be back, but yeah, he's out most likely to the end of the season. But, hey, maybe Andre Almeida, you know, be informed by then. Yeah. It'll take him a while, but he'll get there. If he Never doesn't mind. Get Benfica at this rate will go buy another center back uh, in the winter market. JJ probably wants another center back. He does. He does. He does. He's, he's looking for a center back. But, you know, JJ, uh, JJ might not be there in January. We'll see what happens. I mean, yeah. JJ got suspended today. Got suspended for 15 days. But I heard that so did Sergio Conceição. Yeah, um, but he appealed. He appealed, so he's JJ okay will to appeal go. as well. JJ so, somebody needs well. to call uh, Palinha's uh, lawyer and find JJ out how he did that. He got suspended shit. today for for an aggression from what March the last season. Yeah, it came out right on time. Now when it's time to play. Now what? Look, as we all know, Porto's got hands everywhere, right? The rumors are if Benfica were to lose the Clásicos, they'd fire JJ. That's the rumor. It's been right. People have said that. I don't know. Porto is so enamored with JJ being there that they've made sure that you suspend this like they doesn't lose it, they don't fire him and they bring him back. So ultimately helping them out. I never thought about it that way, but uh but yeah, you, you might be right. Um 
who knows, man? Who knows? But anyway, it's good to be in that that far uh, into the competition um, for sure. Because had we gone to the Europa League, we might be looking at well, not, I don't know. We might be looking at extended a couple more uh, rounds of of play against other teams in the Europa League. Benfica yeah. has to play every game to win every. Oh, game. I understand. Come on, bro. These Benficas want to tell me we're a big team. Possums, Mayors, though, at all, but this and that, and then we're worried about extending another two weeks. I mean, who gives a shit, bro? We should strive to do the very best that we possibly can at the highest level, which is the Champions League. Yeah. I agree. I'm I'm happy that the team has has reached the the next stage. And and if you asked me, uh, when did the initial draw uh, occurred, and we're paired up against Bayern, and we're paired up against Barca, uh, the 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 chances of going through are very 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 slim to none. Uh, if you ask me, at least when I looked at it. What? Um, Benfica getting even out of the group. Oh, getting. I thought you were talking about now the matchup against Ajax. I'm sorry, I was. No, Benfica getting out of the group. I think that when you look at this draw. Um, there's a very low percentage of, of Benficistas that thought that Benfica would go through. Um, well, I don't know about that. I, realistically. I think, I, I think we all, I think everybody, if you, if you go back, I think everybody said that Bayern Munich is, is hands, hands, you know, hands down above everybody else. We all understood that. And I think even I said here on the podcast, I said, look, Barcelona on paper is still still have better players. They have better quality players than Benfica do. But if there's ever a time you want to play Barcelona, this is it. Yeah. I think it worked in our favor. You're right. This was it. You know what I mean? Barcelona, as you mentioned, they're going through their turmoil. And, and we probably still said Barcelona would ultimately hold it down and come out. But it's not like nobody gave Benfica a shot. It's not like they said, oh, Bob, we're dead. That's serious. Forget about it. Don't even, don't even, you know, Dave, don't even bother getting to the sand. Just stay in the water. You're drowning. Don't even bother getting, you're not making it. You know yeah. what I mean? So look, we're there. That's all that matters. Uh, so in February we'll, we'll we'll talk about it again, but for the meantime we're we're in the top uh, 16 teams in in Europe, which Ooh. is something they should be proud of. Absolutely, right? Bro, and money wise, financial wise, this is bro, it's huge. This is where you want to be. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Um, Before you go, percentage, Dave, odds, give me. Let's go 60-40 for IX. I'm asking questions now. Um, yeah, I'm not too far from that. I I think that uh, because of and here's my reasoning: because of Ajax's consistency, because of how well they're coached, and I know that Michael said that they're they're second in uh, yeah to PSV in, in the in the league. They have in, three draws, and two losses, I believe, or something like that. Um, but I think that because of the consistency and because how long that team has been together and that coach has been together, they probably hold a little bit of favoritism here over Benfica. Uh, and that's just me being uh, logical and, and rational. Um, uh, Benfica, I'm, I'm going to say 70-30. And who's favor? <laughs> Benfica. <laughs> But uh, logically, I think that it's going to be a 60-40 because of the reasons that I mentioned. What about you, Chris? I, I started at 60-40. So Oliveira, stick together, baby. By the way, the Oliveira is on Saturday. Whoop that ass. Um, 60-40 for Ajax? Yes, yeah, 60-40. So we're, we're all in agreement. But, no, but you said 70-30. You say, yeah. No, 70-30 from Rafika. I'm a big the other way. We're my, not even my, close. I said that's my red glasses. <laughs> but but um, I, 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 as, as the more I think about this, 
And I think the more the team. What, what do the Freddies think? I want to know what the Freddies yeah, think. Freddies, Freddies what do you think? What in terms of percentage, uh, you know, a favoritism? What, what, what do you guys think? I'm leaning to 55-45 right now, AX. So things are getting a little bit even. You know, Benfica could go out and acquire some serious talent here in the transfer. We'll see. I, I don't think it's over yet. So I'm 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 giving Benfica. 45% chance, which is better. Carlos than- says 25, 75, Ajax. Um, Michael says 50, 50. You said Carlos is a doctor. Stop. Hey, you don't have to be sane to be a doctor. There's a lot of crazy doctors out there, but Carlos has already mentioned he's not a doctor. So don't, don't, uh, nah, don't try to get some it, prescriptions. Bro. I was going to ask him for Carlos. more time. That was a kind of gynecologist. I was going to help him out. Uh, Shiku Marcelino, 40, 47 to 53. Shiku, can you just make like an even number? 47 to 53. How do you figure those three points going Shiku one just, way? Shiku just didn't want to agree with me on a 55-45. So he said, that's Cristiano. I'm giving a slated cut. It's like the price is right when they go $1, right? Closer. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Mello, um, I think it's 50-50 if they can stop the counters. Have we been? How have we? We've Who been stops the good. counter? But if he could be the one on the counter, <laughs> Michael Madeira, 50 50. Also, um, oh, Carlos says he's a doctor of love. Well, no, not that either. <laughs> so, <laughs> we will spend the rest of the program finding out what Carlos is a doctorate in. I think it's slight advantage. Who said that? I can't read that. Shiko. Oh, did he? I think it's slight. I think it's slight advantage only. So th- that's why uh, Shiko gives it uh, the three points going one way and seven the other way. I get that. Yeah, I mean, look. I get that. By between now and then, um, we'll see what happens. I think you know, Benfica could very well, uh, at the end of the month, be be a lot further from from you know challenging for the league title here, and that might be their only savior is you know, charging the batteries and attacking it in order to try to go deep, make some more money in in the Champions League. So we'll see what happens. January transfer windows right around the corner. Um, we don't know. What team really will have heading into uh into that matchup? So we'll see what happens at yeah. the end. What is it? Middle, right? Middle of February, right? February end 20- of uh, February. They got the dates. Twenty uh, third and the fifteenth of March. Yeah, Timo uh, fifty five to forty five in Ajax's favorite. Um, Celso <laughs> Ferrovi. What else we got here? Celso Ferrovi. Oblak. Oblak. Nelson Carvalho. 2575 if it was today. João Felix saying to sell Sferovic to Ajax. <laughs> Bro, didn't we already learn with Zivkovic in Pauk? You want you want yeah. a repeat of that? And that was for free. I don't even think we that was like double lot. Those, those things usually come back to bite you in the ass, man. You don't want to Sferovic is burying those chances. Um, but anyway, look, uh, it's it's still uh, it's still a bits away. Uh, there's the there's the winter transfer window that uh, could always bring us uh, surprises. Uh, and if Luke Costa decides that he's going to open the purse box, the purse strings, uh, and invest on some surgical positions, some positions that we really need to. Yeah, just like Mike there was surgical. I mean, I hope, <laughs> I hope, I hope they got a better doctor than Carlos. He's a surgical. He needs <laughs> surgery on yeah. on his feet. Uh, I'll tell you this much: the good thing here is that. Due to our, with the exception of maybe two guys, everyone else has pretty much been disappointing throughout the rest of the year. So the odds of us actually losing players in this window, I think they're slim. Darwin, if he keeps playing against seven and scoring hat tricks, it's going to be tough to, to, to you know maintain this guy in Lisboa. But 
you know, I, I, I think we're all right. I don't think we're going to lose many players unless, you know, some crazy injuries happen. But I think Benfica will will seriously take a look at strengthening their, their roster between now and then. Um, I I hear from some people that Benfica is looking to uh, subtract. I'm trying to put it lightly because, you know, my boy, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Subtract the Delta Rapt. I heard Maite is also on the chopping list. And uh, Federal is looking to possibly, uh, you know, apply his trade somewhere else. But that's, you know, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. So Benfica is looking to to strengthen the middle of the field. Well. Diogo Reis says Fenupau is two, which means 80% Ajax, 20% Benfica. Um, yeah, Diogo is more optimistic than that normally. I'm surprised. I guess it's that. What do you, what do you guys drink over there in Canada, Dave, for the winter? Poutine. Coquito. Liquid poutine. No, Coquito is uh, not there, right? like Crown Royal, Canadian. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess, uh, what's his name? What's his, you just said his name. Diogo. Diogo. Diogo I think Diogo's uh, hitting the bottle. He's a lot more optimistic than that. Nah, he's probably put the kids to bed. He's having a, a nice uh, glass of wine. You guys drink Coquito up there, Dave? What's that? Never mind. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So getting back to, um, getting back to, to planet Earth, uh, Benfica was in action again uh, against Fomalicão. Fomalicão, who has been struggling this season, uh, Benfica traveled up north to play Fomalicão. They're all up north. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Most of the teams are up north. I'll give you the lineup and we'll get into it. Flaco Dimos, Almeida, Otamendi, Vertonghen, uh, Diogo Gonçalves, Weigel, João Mario, Grimaldo um, on the left, uh, Rafa and Darwin, and Seferovic up front. Cristiano, I'll ask you the same question. Scott, don't start with me because because <laughs> I thought the game was at two o'clock. Surprised that surprised that Seferovic got to start ahead of uh, Yarmchuk. Well, we we then found out from JJ that Yarmchuk apparently has uh, some fatigue issues, some muscle fatigue issues, and he was going to sit him. Um, so those yeah, you didn't even make the bench, right? right? So Dave, that was the only okay, other option. Gonzalo Ramos. So I guess <laughs> Gonzalo Ramos. That was the only other option, Dave. So I guess. Not too surprised. I'll that or, or you bring in Everton on the, the wing and play with one of those strikers up front there, right? Darwin, Everton, right? But Darwin, we've seen that Darwin's not the same player when he's playing with his back to the goal. He's a lot better. Darwin is a lot better doing exactly what he's doing now. And I've stayed, guys, roll back. Diogo, you tried to call me out on Twitter last week. Roll back the tape. I told you he was a lot better coming out, come, coming, you know, off the wing and, and, and being able to carry the ball up uh, from the wing and taking players one on one, shooting, cutting in and shooting. The only one thing about that, and going back to this game, is bro, you seen him? My man was in the box defending. I think JJ, yo, you need to calm it down. But that's another story for another day. So yeah, they they could have played with Darwin in the middle, Everton on the left. But I, I just don't think Darwin's the same player when he's playing in the middle when he's got his back to the goal. Yeah, buddy. that Vaca Loca needs to have uh, fields to run. Yeah, he does. If he doesn't have enough field, forget it. Forget he's, it. he's done. He can't. He can't because. Oh, because he's not that Technical. good technically with his feet. Uh, a lot of his a lot of his uh, of his talent comes from that speed and that physicality and and putting the ball past guys or chasing the ball down with shoulder to shoulder with a guy. His physicality then overcomes the guy. He's good at that, man. Uh, but Benfica isn't always going to have that space uh, that teams are going to give him, especially when they play with a low block. Uh, but nonetheless, Benfica was uh, was early on a scoreboard. Uh, Darwin, uh, six minutes in, uh, Rafa assist. Um, but the, 
and here's the thing. I'm I'm looking and I'm watching that goal. That, that that's the goal that that he gets the ball at the top of the box, um, cuts in, uh, fakes out a guy, and then is able to open up uh, some some space for him to to shoot, and he he puts it on the far corner. And I'm thinking to myself, this is what a good forward is supposed to do. These type of moves, get the ball, control the defender, and open up a space to to fire off a shot and and make the shot good enough that you could beat the keeper, right? And and you know what it reminded me of, Cristiano? It, it reminded me of Cardozo. Cardozo used to do a lot of that. He used to get the, the ball, and he always had that same dribble, that little, little short cutback, and he always used to beat guys with that move, and then he would just fire off a shot. It's like, it's like a Matrex player. Like it a Matrex player, you're right. Same trick. Why? Because it worked. Right. And Takwara was phenomenal. Touch to the side, and boom, get it on goal. At least, you know, in order to score – you got to get it in on goal, right, Dave? To use a hockey term, right? You got to get it. Got to, and that's exactly what he's doing. So, credit to him for for keeping that aggressiveness. But again, I don't even want to, bro. He's supposed to do that against these monks, but yeah. No, look, um, it was um, it, it was a, it was a good um, it was a good goal by him. And uh, you know, eight minutes later. Again, Darwin off another feed from uh, from Rafa, and I'm I'm having a, a a hard time thinking whether there was a pass by Rafa or you try to chip the keeper and he missed it. And then Darwin was there to put it away. I don't know with Rafa, anything is uh, is expected really. Um, and then uh, in a 25th uh, in a 25th minute, uh, Fumlikon would grab one back. But this is again uh, as Sheikh Morslino already mentioned in the comments. Two goal, two early goals, and then the team just f- fades out. The team just like I don't know. They they lower their levels of intensity. Uh, there's no sense of urgency, uh, and then you allow a team into the game. And really, for the next 15, 20, 25 minutes, it was all family go. Well, here's the thing, Dave. You you want to say something? No, Dave didn't. Dave barely watched the game. Well, I um I thought the game was at two. <laughs> so when I turned it on, it was 2-0 already. So I missed a lot of that early stuff. So that's why I'm not I'm staying quiet. But I'm, I'm going to go back to – I'm going to try to answer your point. When the team gets up to 2-0 and all of a sudden it's, it's as if they fall asleep. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with look up and down that that roster. Look up and down that starting 11, right? Take away Otamendi. Take away Darwin. And, well, Gilberto wasn't even in there. So, out of that, 11 guys, right? Sferovic, Rafa, Darwin, João Mario, Vigo, uh, Grimaldo, Andre Almeida. Berta. So, I'll go back. Taking away Andre Almeida, uh, taking away Otamendi, and taking away Darwin, there is nobody else on the field that is that has that, that, that intensity in them by nature. You understand what I'm saying? So when they apply it, it's because they're being told to apply. They need to. And so it's kind of like once you go back, now you get this comfortable leading. You're not an aggressive player by nature. You're not an intense player um, by any stretch. You resort back to what you normally are. But let me ask you a question, right? And And, and so, again, it's going to be hard for Bifika to keep that intensity when the guys themselves, you don't have players on the field. That apply that on, on 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 you know the full ninety minutes, with the exception of Darwin and Otamendi. I get that, but but here's something that I'll ask you, right? Um, you, you've everybody knows that that Chris has played a, a bit. Um, in the 
in the rondos, right? So the little five v ones or five v twos, whatever. 5v2s, yeah. When it's one touch, there's more intensity um, to touch that ball around. You know, the, you're not nonchalant because you know you got to be quick about it. And I, I think that I get what you, you're saying about the intensity in terms of how a player's natural traits are. But I think intensity could also be quicker feet, quicker movements of the ball. Uh, don't hold the ball for too long. Don't don't pause the game. Just just tap it around. And that's what I mean by intensity. I see what you're saying. But but I think at that point, once Benfica has a comfortable lead, that that message maybe is not being transmitted or just the players themselves, man, like rather than forcing a pass, rather than trying to do something that they otherwise wouldn't have turn around, play the safe pass. We got a nice two, two night lead again, playing in those rondos, bro. And playing in the games, two different. I've seen guys in rondos are magnificent. And then the game started, they sucked. And then you get a guy like me. didn't matter if it was one touch, 10 touch. I'm just, no, look, it, it, yo, you understand what I'm saying? And playing in the game, when you actually have other guys competing with you for every ball, every 50, 50 ball embodying you and putting in as much effort, if not more than you are, if you're not an intense player by nature, it's going to be hard to, to, to maintain that the full 90 minutes. And Benfica needs to find a way to get more guys on the pitch that play with that hunger, that play with that Riva, that match Otamendi, that match Darwin, that match Gilberto. When Gilberto comes into the field, I think every single one of us here at one point or another, a lot of us weren't content with him, but no one ever questioned his intensity. Servi. Many times, all the Benficistas were in love with him because he, he committed himself the full 90 minutes. It might have been a fucked up 90 minutes, but my man committed him. He might not have done nothing positive the whole but at least that aggressiveness was always there. And I think Benfica lacks that by nature because of the players' personalities on the field. Vigo is not aggressive. João Mario is not aggressive. Those are really your only two midfielders that you're playing with. So when those two guys are in the field, and look, Vigo makes up for it because of his positioning right, of, of always being at the right place at the right time. João Mario is nowhere near. So when you're missing those horses in the midfield, your team's going to lose a lot of that aggressiveness, a lot of that intensity, even going forward. Because, again, I'm a relaxed. Like, João Mario is the type of dude that the building is burning on around, burning down around him. The walls are coming, and he's walking his ass. Everything's crashing over, and he's just walking out. That's who these guys are by nature. You need to get more guys that match that intensity, bro. Yeah, but I I think that what I wanted what I wanted to refer to is is moving the ball a lot quicker than than they were. Uh, not so much the physical aspect of it, but you know the pace of it. But those are guys that are lentils. By the way, João Mario is the type of guy that when you see yeah, but João he can Mario still keep the ball, the ball moving. He moving, but João Mario gets the ball like you don't see João Mario getting the ball, taking someone on aggressively. That, that's up. not his style. Exactly. So who on that field but with the taking exception? people on? But he could still pass the ball quickly, quickly. See, I, 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 I get you, but I don't think you're understanding me. Oh, I, I understand I, you. Could they? I understand you loud and clear. Can they? Yes, they can. But at that point in the game, when it's a comfortable lead, their natural calmness, their instincts in them, goes back to what they were calma. Agora. Unless the coach is constant, and maybe, look, maybe it's a coaching thing, right? Then JJ has to stay on these guys to be. But I think he does. I mean, how many times we see this guy on the sideline going nuts? You can um, even bring this back before JJ. We would always have these conversations with Vitoria and Laj, too, where they couldn't be consistent or put in the full 90 minutes of the intensity. It's either one 
one good half of uh, being aggressive, and then the second half is complete shambles or vice versa, shambles the first half and then putting it together in the second half. So I thought, I think this, I think it goes more into Chris's point about players not having this in the DNA and Benfica and as a as a squad not having those uh, those aggressive players and more compli- compliant and. Uh, relaxed players, but that's something that's been going on for not just uh, JJ. It's been for at least five, uh, five, six seasons now. Yeah, you could question. You could absolutely question. And I'm afraid you're right in questioning. Question that when Benfica's up 2-0. But, bro, if you don't get that attitude, you don't get that aggressiveness, you're not moving the ball quickly, you're not defending quickly, you're not getting – in the game like against Sporting the week before, our rivals – you don't see that being applied in a game like that. You think it's going to be applied now when, we, when you're in <laughs> Famalicão winning 2-0? That's just, the truth. It's, it's, as Dave said, the DNA, bro, it's in you or it's not. Bro, you can put me on a field with five-year-olds, and I will be the worst offender you'll ever see in your life. And then you put me on a field with perfe- and touching the ball. I could touch the ball with anybody. The, it's just never in me, bro. And it's like track back. I don't have that aggressiveness. And even going forward, I'm always going to play the same. It's just That's just the way these players are. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand. Fika needs a lot more. Look at our rivals up north. Their whole roster is a guy. Some of them with skill. Others don't have it, but they'll, fire. but they'll all, you know, chew through a freaking gate to get through the other side. Let of me um, let me ask a big question here, and, and this one comes from Michael Madeira. Um, and, and clearly there was, a, a, at some point, we felt that there was a, a rebirth of sorts uh, with, uh, with everything. Um, and unfortunately... He, he, he lost some of that tailwind, uh, and now it looks like he's he's not even a viable uh, option for for JJ because now he's he's getting Pizzi into the mix, he's getting uh, Seferovic and Darwin into the mix, and he's leaving Everton out to come off the bench. Dave, what do you what do you think, man? With Everton, I, I'm I don't know. I thought we like you said we were seeing him starting to turn around getting more comfortable uh, in Portugal, but it, I, it must be a, a confidence issue with uh, with that guy because he does not seem to uh, be able to put it together on a consistent uh, basis. And sometimes we see it with these, uh, these South Americans moving over to Europe, could have all the skills in the world, but not able to uh, adjust to uh, the European game. But um, yeah, massive uh, disappointment so far from uh, yeah. for everything. Yeah, and, and Michael, um, and Chris, and, and a lot of us have, have also said here that uh, Everton is being asked to do things that he was he was never doing in, in Brazil: tracking back, defending, uh, applying pressure. This was this was just the guy that they gave him ball on the wing, and he would cut in and 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 do those things. He was never tasked with those responsibilities, so he's got a lot of things going out that are being asked of him that don't don't really come natural to him so that could be uh, a reason for that uh because when you spend uh all game defending tracking back doing the whole corridor uh at some point you're gonna lose that explosiveness that you have on that first step on a dribble when you're trying to take guys on you may not have that gas or or that spark uh, in you to get past guys. But I think that goes back to the conversation we're just having regarding aggression, right? And I think we need to tip our cap to to, to a Darwin who 
he's going to do whatever it takes. You've seen him in this game. Guys, go back, roll the tape. You see him in the in, in the box defending at times and then making that whole left corridor and running it because he's just that type of player that's going to run all day. He's going he's gonna to fight. He's going to do what it takes to get to every ball. Everton's not that player. It's not like you're asking him to defend and be aggressive on a defensive end. And uh, you're telling him. And again, look, you can turn around and say, look, he's getting paid very handsomely. He's a professional. That's what he's asked to do. That's what he's got to do. And, and fine, I can't argue with that. But the fact is that that's not what he's that's not his strength. That's not the type of player he is. Yeah. I mean, I think who purchased him, who brought him over to the club, JJ, right? Push to get him. JJ should know how to use this guy to the best of his ability. And I don't think JJ is using him right. Yeah. Let's um yeah, so so the the the, the second half, uh JJ made a made a change uh because he, he noticed like like everyone that was watching the game that Benfica was really at a disadvantage in the midfield. Uh and Famalicão was would get was getting the best out of uh out of Benfica. So he he brings in Tarap, takes out Seferovic, who 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 I didn't even know was was playing, uh to be honest with you. So Tarap adds another guy to that midfield. And from there, uh Benfica was a lot more comfortable. Uh Tarap, who's a guy that is very good going forward with the ball, uh, can pick out passes. He may not be your best defender and he may not keep his arms to himself when he's got the ball, but he's a guy that could drive forward. He's a guy that has skill. He's a guy that has that could take guys on. And I think that's what Benfica needed because Fomalicon came out in the second half with a different attitude. Uh, because they they the second half of the first half, if I could say that, or the later part of the second half, Fomalicon really I thought that Fomalicon was better than Benfica. And they came out in the second half with the same spirit. They raised their their lines. And I think at that point, when Benfica came out and on Benfica's transition encounter and and Tarab finding the passes um for guys running onto the ball, and we killed them with those. Uh, I mean, 47th minute, Rafa from a Tarab feed, and then in the 56th minute, 4-1 uh, Darwin, also from a Rafa feed uh, hat trick for, for Darwin. Tarab opened but, that play. Bro. Yeah, he opened that play, but that made the he difference, has a right? Vision, bro. That's it. He, yes, and he's Tarab is by no means an eight. Tarab is a guy that just goes forward, goes forward. His eyes are always, when's my, when's my next ripping pass going to be I, I get that plenty, I can tear up defenses. I get plenty of criticism, I'm afraid, and I tell you all the time. The Tarap's biggest problem at Benfica and Dave is that he's playing with a bunch of guys that aren't up to his level. They don't read the game like he does. And I'll get stick for this, I'm pretty sure. But you've seen in a game like that, the guy's able to thread needles, he's able to pass, create, put the ball in places that the you know the defense is not expecting and 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 I was speaking to 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 a, a former Benfica player and a former Portuguese international yesterday. And we had that same conversation and he was a defender himself. And he said himself that, you know, it's a lot easier to defend half the field. Um, when you got guys on the field like João Mario and guys like that, that don't really pose that threat. And when you got that up, do you know at any time he's capable of whether he's going to beat you one-on-one or chip you and set someone up. And that's, those are his strengths. Now, has he been consistent? no, I understand a lot of guys aren't happy with his performances, but again, guys like that, I think you should always give a little bit more leeway to those extra talents to play like Everton at times. You need to be, to, in my opinion, you, these players are special. They got to this level because they're different. And now try to make these guys robots 
because that's what's happened in professional football. Those skillful players being pushed aside, and it's all about the guy that can run north and south. Forget about the guys that go east-west. It's about north-south. And and look, I, I guess for your team, it's going to give you better results. But at the same time, as, as a fan, as a fan of the game, those east-west guys are the guys that you pay the tickets to watch. Yeah. Um but but there, for me there's there's a there's a a, a, a huge takeaway um that that you could get from this right and and this doesn't is not specifically tied into Tarapt, although you know he made a difference right to me this is a valid argument why you should go to the 433 system with three guys in the middle or 44 or 442 if you will because when you have a player like that up, which is free of a defending role, then you have a player that could create and that could get into the final third. I'm a huge fan of a 3-5-2 and a 3-4-3 with the right players. I think right now, J.J. Chappat, if he really wants to keep that Vigel and, and, and Joel Mari tandem together, a 4-2-3-1. But you need a guy to push the ball. Yeah, which, again, a 4-2-3-1 going um, forward, it could be a 4-3-3. But, yeah, I think you 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 will have the ability to do that. But, but it, he's, he's insisting on the three center backs. But, but Mark Mark Mello is saying, Cristiano, don't you think that uh, if if he was at a higher rate that he would be able to elevate the other players around him? You, you're right. But did he not elevate Rafa's uh, the other day intentions yeah, or, or Rafa's uh, uh, chances and and Darwin's chances with the ball that he was able to spring from a transition? Look. I used to be a lot bigger on Tarapt. I think that Tarapt's uh, time at Benfica is, is is dwindling down. But I also, I'm not stupid, and I can recognize what he brings to this Benfica team. And his, his, his skills in terms of offense and his vision in terms of offense and his technical ability is something that Benfica doesn't have or has very little of. To answer this question more directly, bro, if we're both playing chess together and my, my brain is so much more advanced than you are, I, I can move my pieces around all day. If you're not reading my game, I'm never going to elevate yeah. you. Yeah. You're, not, you're not understanding what I'm doing. And again, I just don't think, like you see Benfica from Sverovic, Darwin, Yarmchuk, Gonzalo Rams, Pinho. Pinho might, I guess you know what? Pinho might be the one that probably makes the best movements off the ball, but none of those guys are known for movement off the ball, for getting in behind the fender. You'll see a Darwin, why? Because of brute strength. It's just running a straight line, get to the ball. You don't see these guys with those round, with those, with those corridas that we'd make to get in a position behind a center back in order to get be offside. You know what I mean? Those old school runs. You don't see many guys on me figure doing. Now, I know I'm being a little prankster. It may be stretching it a little bit when I talk about that. I understand why he doesn't play, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a fan of the player. I get it. I'm off that way. But I just think you guys are unfair towards him. When he does good, praise him for doing what he does. But when the guy's bad, you're real quick to come out here and you know kick him all over the place. I just think that he's, he, he, he plays different than everyone else on this roster. Yeah. And um, that no, Carlos is – Carlos, you're right, man. He, he read the game and he made the move that that made the change. But here's the thing, right? Um, 
why isn't he able to do that more consistently? Because teams now know that they, they if they overcrowd the middle of the park against Mefica, they're going to have an advantage in terms of ball possession. And both Vigo and Joe Mario are going to be running around like chickens without a head when they're always in uh, a disadvantage, in a numerical disadvantage. So uh, I think that maybe that's what you start looking at. Yeah, but Alfredo, you know, I'm a UJJ guy, and I'm glad he got this one right. And in particular, because it was my boy Adele. But that being said, I think that was the only one he got right. Every day. <laughs> I mean, he got one right finally. Well, they seek Marcelino saying the Benfica play style is so predictable that a guy like Tarab makes a splash when he comes in. Despite all his flaws, he's the only one that thinks outside the box. And we, I mean, much, we can yeah. agree. And he, and he, we've been saying that. And again, I'm not telling you. This guy has to play. What I'm telling you guys, and hopefully Ricosta, you know, he listens. What I'm telling you guys at Benfica, what's his name, Rui Pedro Braz, right? The new Tiago Pinto is it doesn't have to be a Delta up, but you have a great opportunity here in January to go get someone like that. Someone that can play in the middle of the park that has the ability to, 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 to you know, pick out a pass, that has the ability to string a player on a one-on-one, -on -one, has the ability to create, has the ability to take someone on one, -on -one you know, that's what we need now. Somebody on Twitter said, look, uh, it, it could be Paul Bernardo. I, I don't. I mean, I'm, I, I haven't watched that kid play enough. And again, even if he does it in the second division, second division, second division for a reason. First division is first division, right? It's totally. So until he does it on a more yeah. consistent basis, I'm not ready to say he's the one that could take on those responsibilities. But Benfica needs to do needs to go out and get someone that can do those things on the field. And if it's not a Delta drop, that's fine. But go um, get someone that could do that. I think that I think that Paul Bernardo is more of a Nate than he is of uh I don't know. I guess we could say it, it, it that position would be kind of like a 10, right? Yes. Uh not your classic 10, but the guy that is in between lines, the guy that drives forward, the guy that unbalances a team by pulling two guys or attracting two guys to to him. So uh yeah, it, it's it doesn't necessarily have to be that up, but it has to be somebody that's gonna drive in that midfield, uh, and that's what we're, we're we're trying to 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 get at. Um, but yeah, so we'll never know. Um, I miss I miss these days, David, talking for twenty minutes about Adele that up. <laughs> well, especially if you're if you're hearing that he might be on his way out, then re really, who does that leave us with? Uh, if a player goes down like a Joao Mario or a, a Weigel, or even as we saw in this match, somebody to come off the uh, the bench, right? We're kind of limited in terms of options. Uh, Very least, limited, especially if if we if we uh, lose that up in uh, in January. Yeah, and that's where maybe that's where we need to go. We need to. Get somebody that's that has similar characteristics. Look, Benfica needs another center back. Benfica needs a a, a, a real box to box midfielder, a guy that's going to have a tremendous motor, a guy that's going to destroy, that's going to be able to pick out a pass. They need someone like that, and I think they should be looking at this January transfer window to strengthen those two positions. Because it, do they need another center back if they go to four four two? No, no. But here's the thing. If they go to a four four two, no, Dave. But here's the thing: you have two dinosaurs in the center of that field. Um, they could go down at any time. Uh, and so then you're gonna revert back to I like Moratu, but you're gonna, but obviously he's not counting on Moratu. It's it's Andrea Almeida. So if that's the case, go get another center back. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'd rather play safe. Premier Talk Podcast. Mefica has a boatload of young players. JJ opts for old guys like Almeida when Moratu should be in the lineup. But I, I. 
I don't disagree with with what you're saying. Uh, and JJ is known for this. You ha- as a young player, you have to be exceptional in order to be uh, a choice for JJ. And you can count on one on one hand how many young players JJ has launched uh, throughout his reign at Benfica. Not many. I can think of Gonzalo Guedes, perhaps w- w- was was one of them. Uh, I can't think of many more. And and here's the thing, right? This but is the way left back. That's great uh, eye. Yeah. <laughs> but here's here's another thing, right? Think about the the paradigm that that is that has changed, right? With in terms of JJ from what you had with Rui Vitoria. After all, we moved from JJ to Rui Vitoria because we wanted. Um, we wanted to tap into the Seychelles more. And, and Luis Fiera felt that Rui Vitoria was that guy. Laj made the transition. Laj played uh, coach the B team, but blah, 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 blah. what blah, we blah. know now, was it because he wanted to promote or he wanted to fatten his pockets? Well, I, I, that's, a, that's a conversation for, for another time. But what I'm saying is that if you're a young player right now, right, and you're you're making a decision, and you got both a sporting scout and a Benfica scout knocking on your door, uh, and you're looking at the direction in which Benfica is going, right? Which is um, it not not giving uh, chances to the the youth as much as when Rui Vitoria was there and and uh, Laje were there. Now you're looking at Sporting who is opening up doors for young kids. And regardless of why, if this is done because of the lack of money that they don't have to buy players. But the truth of the matter is that there's a lot of young players that have been introduced to this, to this sporting team. So the paradigm there now is that we're going to tap into our, our academy because there's some talented kids and we're going to bring them up right. Yeah, And Benfica is not necessarily doing that anymore. Of, I, I I disagree. We're not. I can't say they're not doing it anymore. With the exception of when Bruno Lage was there, they've never really done it. Vittoria, when Vittoria was there, Vittoria played Renato, and then he had Lindelof. To, no, he played Lindelof after everybody got hurt. Then he had to play him. He played Ederson after Julius Cesar got hurt. It wasn't like everybody's healthy. But, the, pick but the kids, kids were ready. But the kids were ready to go. But that's not a Vitoria. Andre Almeida stinks up the fucking field every fucking game, so, and, and Muratu or Ferro won't get a chance. To answer your point more directly, in the history of Benfica and Sporting, we've all, Sporting's always been known for developing players. Benfica never really given kids an opportunity. Again, I've stated here on this podcast over and over and over, for those of you that follow North American sports, Benfica is the Yankees of Portugal. They have that obligation, that pressure of constantly challenging for titles. Everybody, all these Benficistas here on the chat and all these guys on Twitter, they go nuts about the youth system. Fantastic. I do one of these to you guys. You'll be the same ones. You'll be the very first ones. Then when Benfica's not getting results, you'll whip out that anky and start waving it, right? Because you're not happy with results. Benfica's not a club that can do both at the same time. Chico, I get it, man. I get it that uh, Murato is naturally left-footed and he would be better suited for the left side of that uh, center-back trio. But look, you, you got Ferro. I don't think Ferro can do any worse than than, uh, than André Almeida. Alfred. Do you think that, that Ferro would do worse than André Almeida? Entre we two. Dave, I'm a little therapy session. Entre we two. Do you? Do you? 
Even know what the hell Ferro could do. The guy hasn't Ferro that's furjento. He hasn't played in like <laughs> two years. Do you even know? I mean, I, we think. I think that Ferro would do. If, if Ferro furjento, what do you think Almeida is? Todo porcheira bicho. Ferro didn't play right. Ferro left. Didn't play with Laj. When he came back, he, he played well. No, yeah. they won the season. When Laj came back before he got fired, then he lost his spot. Ferro didn't play with Laj. Went to Valencia. Played a game, never played again. So that's two coaches. Came back to be we're on three coaches. You talk, you're talking about Valencia, dude. We're not. We're, I mean, we're not talking about a Murerense or Vitória oh, Guimarães. Chica, bro. I, I Valencia wasn't doing much last a, season either. When you're gonna get a chance at Valencia, man? He did. He got a very first day. The very first game he played. Yes, yeah, Real Madrid. Yeah, no, but the thing is, look. Do I think Ferro could do better than 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 than, than Andre Almeida? I'm being brutally honest, guys. I don't know. I think that he can. Here's it. Alfredo, do you, man? The That Ferro that we saw play, the guy that even in the preseason, my man was shitting his pants. You could tell his confidence is shot. You telling me that that guy could do better. To, I honestly don't know. Now, the Ferro that we all saw playing alongside Ruben Diaz two years ago, absolutely. The last Ferro we've seen, I honestly can't answer. I and look, I would love to see it. How about that? I would love for Ferro to get back on the field. I think he yeah, but if he doesn't, he do, if he doesn't get chances, how is he going? That's fine. To, I um... believe he should get a chance. That's what I'm saying. But I can't tell you for a fact that he could do better than anyone. I don't know. We haven't seen him in so long. The last time we seen him in the preseason, Dave, you shit in his pants, right? Sure not. I'm trying to remember that, uh, but even even then, I think he got called in against one of these uh, lower uh, second uh, or second division. No, but you no, know, no. I, I think that uh, that Hugo's got uh, he's got a point. He's got a point. Uh, Bring Hugo back into this. You, uh, if his name was Ferrão or Ferrinho. Meaning Brazilian descent. Why? But why? Why? Yo. <laughs> no falso, guys. No falso, guys. No, but listen. I'm just. I'm. Uh, we have to. The J infatuation with uh with Brazilian. That's players. fine. I'm. I. I love Brazilians too. Uh. <laughs> yo. You have to be fair, guys. You have to be fair. The federal that we last saw. I don't think any of us. And look, let's be. I ain't nobody it's still not, there. How do you know it's still that you just don't 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 it's like riding a bike, man. You don't right? lose it, but but then mm. when he played but when he played I think he lost. confidence plays an issue there. It it does, Dave, but he's gotta start it. somewhere. Dave, you don't lose it, right? But the last time we seen him play, you didn't have it. So what happened to it? That's that's a fact. That's all we know. Now, would I like to see him get an opportunity? 100 percent Can I tell you, based on the last time I seen him play, the guy deserves to play? No, I'd be lying to you. Now I look. I like the guy. I wish he could revert. I wish he could regain that confidence because at one point, man, we all thought this was the future of the national team. Ruben Diaz, Ferro, side by side, it's going to be a beautiful thing. These two guys are going to form a tremendous partnership. And the guy from one day to the next it was like, we were even having the debate that who was better between the two of them, whether it was Ruben or uh, yes. Ferro. Yeah. I know a lot of Benficistas that that said Ferrer was. Bad. All right, let's let's um, let let's move this along. So um, yeah, so 
<laughs> so so yeah so after the fourth game uh, the fourth goal Benfica put the game away and 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 that's all uh that's all she wrote um good win for Benfica especially after uh playing after both Porto actually no we played before Porto uh I play after sport but you know Benfica need, knows that they need to win no, to Porto um, play Braga right after Porto play Sporting played the the day before um but yeah good win you, you need to to keep stringing these wins and and, and build up consistency uh now we turn our uh, actually I haven't gone to Dave Dave let's go uh I know we're uh, we're 11 minutes uh, or sorry an hour and 15 and we're still recapping games haven't even gotten to the previews yet but uh, we're not that's a waste of time bro let's uh let's uh get into some stats here Darwin with his second uh league hat trick uh, of the season first one against uh, 11 men like Chris uh, had uh, put it uh, earlier puts him with uh, a tie with Luis Diaz uh, for the league's top uh, goal scorer with uh, 11 goals scored this season and uh, Rafa with a hat-trick of assists in this match. Uh, first time in his Benfica career that he's uh, had three assists in the same match. And uh, Rafa leads the uh, league with assists with nine uh, this season. Right. So now we turn our attention to the League Cup. Uh, Benfica will host uh, Couvillain, uh at the Luche. And Benfica needs, what, to win by uh, three goals? Is it Dave? three three goals to qualify for the semifinals? Yeah, so three goals would would make them even with uh, Guimarães. No, Guimarães scored two, so no, two but, would make them even. No, but I mean the sorry, the win would make Benfica even with Guimarães, but the the goal average would be um, one more goal. It would be yeah. one more goal yeah. than than what we had. Yeah. So, Christian, what do you think, man? We already know that Otamendi is not going to play because um, yes. upon returning is upon upon returning to his uh, luxurious home in Arueira, um, he had some people waiting for him, guys with with masks and basically screwdriver. And a screwdriver put a put a belt around his neck and took him inside the house and got some watches and some some jewelry and some some cash and. You know, not not a not a very nice situation, Despicable, bro. Despicable. Not a very nice situation. Uh, so he's a little bit shook up. Um, JJ, play? JJ has already mentioned. No, I think Muratu gets the nod. Muratu well, can't play on the camp. Uh, Muratu Almeida, he moved Vertonga to the middle. Uh, so Almeida's gonna play every day, all day. Every day, all day. Almeida's playing. He's got <laughs> well, pictures. His leg falls off. He's got pictures. So, um. Anything. Yeah. 5-0. 5-0. Tomorrow's the game. Um yeah, tomorrow's the game. 7 p.m. uh local time. So adjust your uh 2 p.m. here. Yeah, whatever whatever times time zones you're in. 5-0. 5-0. I don't even see the lineup. 5-0. 5-0. I think that Benfica struggles, man. No, 5-0. 5-0 easily? 5-0. Okay. Dave, what do you think? I, I'm with you, Alfie. I think the uh, the team struggles. We always seem to struggle against these second or even lower division Where's the game? clubs for some reason. Luz. It's a, it's at the Luz. At the Luz. Six zero. Dave. I'm still. I I think it's going to be a struggle. I think ultimately I mean, we go the through. What's the score? Let's go. Th- I'm going to go bold and go two nothing here. Prove me wrong. Oh, two nothing is not bueno. I know. Two nothing will be in the first twenty five minutes. I hope so. I'll put some money on that. I'm going to risk a prediction. 
Oh, who's that? The voice. Where'd Alfredo go? This is Octo Predictions. That's the voice. I'm, the voice. The, the voice. voice. Yo, he's joined us. I'm going to risk a prediction. I'm All the way say, from Benfica FM into the Benfica podcast. Yeah, his voice got deeper after a couple of months. I'm going to say that Benfica is going to struggle in this game. The odds for Benfica to win this game are very, very slim. What's the score prediction, Mr. Uh, Mr. Predicticator? The prediction, I'm going to say Benfica 3-0. Oh, okay. Sugar. But it's going to be late in the game. Papa, this decision to new, in between the 90 minutes, we're good. In between the 90, games, the 90 minutes works for me, too. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for your participation here on the Benfica podcast. Look forward to having you on uh, in the very near future. You're very welcome. Good get Alfredo. Good job by you. Great. Who needs a fake ass producer, Bruno? Look at that. A producer working magic. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that. Next up, Dave, uh, we got Maritim this weekend. Uh, Maritimo, 5 p.m. local, an early game. Uh, what's Maritimo up to this, this year? Uh, they're currently in 12th uh, position with 14 points from three wins, five draws, six uh, losses. Turned the ship uh, a bit as uh, they had only one win from July to the beginning of uh, November. So they uh, changed presidents, changed uh, head coaches, and uh, since then have uh, won two and drawn uh, one of their last uh, three games. So a little bump uh, up in the standings uh, for them. Historically, between the two clubs, Benfica's won 67, uh, drawn 18, and lost uh, 12. Uh, last time Maritimo have taken points away from Benfica at the uh, Estadio de Luz was a 1-1 draw back in August 2009. And the last time Maritimo has beaten Benfica at the Estadio de Luz was all the way back in uh, September of 87. All right, we got uh, let's see some scores here from uh, from the Freddies. Uh, that's, that's what game that's the Kuvillon game. That's the Kuvillon, yeah, that's the Kuvillon game, if I'm not mistaken. Ferro starts for Chico Morslino 4 1 for Benfica. I think that works too. Um, <laughs> Diogo Reis says Leafs up 3 nothing. I like the 3 nothing for Benfica too. Some choke artists. Um, <laughs> what else we got? Enjoy here? it while you can, yeah. like Chris and I were saying, Carlos Amaro. Uh, modest three nothing. Dio race five point one to zero. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I I think that Benfica will win, but I don't think it will be as as easy as uh, as everybody expects. This Chapala, is yeah, Chapala. This now, is a team that's going to lower their lines because after all, they're 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 already out of this. But if they were playing, doesn't if, have a chance. If they were playing at home. I I could see it, but they're gonna lower their lines. Easy, bro. And Benfica's going to struggle to penetrate. Bro, Darwin's been slapping monkeys. All right. <laughs> Where, where's this Maritimo game? At Maritimo game well? at the Luz. Oh, at the Luz? This confident. weekend. Confident. Uh, confident also that. Uh, 3-0. 3-0 again? No, I said 5. 5-0 the first one. 5-0. Against Maritimo at the side of the Luz. Right. I think it's going to, you know, Benfica makes things interesting. But I think once they crack open that window, Kila to the Pasar. Fred, I mean Dave. I like I like that three nothing score line too for the the second game. <laughs> this guy out free. Yo, Panulfasus for wood. I'm gonna mute all the Freddies, bro. I'm it's gonna it's gonna be stuck on that for the rest of the uh the the episode here. Chris, 
I am your father. <laughs> now in Portuguese. <laughs> Sou teu papai. Thanks, Chico. <laughs> Chico. Thanks that. Vai dar uma volta, Chico. Anyway, uh, that is all we got for you tonight. What's your prediction? You always trying to copy? I don't know, man. Uh, I'm thinking 2-1 Benfica. 2-1. Three, three. Okay. Versus Maritimo, Carlos is going uh, two nothing. Timo versus Cuvillan, four one. Is it against Cuvillan or Maritimo? Uh, then Timo, uh, Timo's got uh, three one against Maritimo. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a shame because we're all like, we're all putting a goal in there because Benfica can't have any uh, clean sheets these days. I don't know what's going on with that. You just shut out Kiev, bro. <laughs> Kiev. I think Kiev. Wait, stood on themselves. his head that, that game in the second half there. What day? Vlako stood on his head there, kept it uh, a clean sheet there in the, the second half. Yeah, he Vlako. did come through in the second half, man. He did come through in the second half. That's all I got to say. Um, but yeah, so that is all that we got for you tonight. Thanks, uh, all the Freddies. Uh, thanks, thank you guys for, for joining us and, and being lively on, a, on the chat. We appreciate the interaction. I know Chris does. Yeah, you guys go are back the and best. forth. You guys, not except Chico with that your father comment, but everybody else was <laughs> pretty on pretty, you know, pretty good. Pretty good. Grazie, grazie. Yeah, very good. Um, anyway, thanks uh, all of you guys that uh, that were out there, man. Thank you. Uh, we Hello. really appreciate it. All right, that's all we got. Take care, everyone. Later.